It seems like every year there's a new needless holiday tacked on to every day on the calendar. Pick, for example, May the 8th, a day set aside to honor so many things. National Receptionist Day, Reward Yourself Day, Animal Natural Disaster Preparedness Day, School Nurse Day, but also have a Coke Day. Give someone a cupcake day, coconut cream pie day, and of course, World Donkey Day, which according to one website is intended to promote learning more about the strong, resilient, friendly, and helpful animal known as the donkey. Some of these may seem silly. Some of them, like National Report Government Contractor Fraud Day, seems incredibly suspicious and specific. (laughs) But there's one day that whether you agree on whether the man himself should be celebrated, it's difficult to deny that he was an influential enough artist to have his birthday recognized. Tuco Valio Lackinson was born on May 8th, 1920. But the day, that's Tom of Finland Day. Tom of Finland was the name he went by when he created some of the most iconic, popular, and controversial gay art in the last hundred years. From hung blue-collar workers to thick-ass Dick Goblin Nazi officers. Welcome back to Respect the Dead, the podcast where we don't. Let's fucking go! I love Tom of Finland! <laughs> it's no surprise that everyone celebrated your demise and now... Worms are eating your eyes, so don't you worry, rotten head, as you sleep in your sodden bed, it's time to respect the dead. I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) You guys, his house is here in LA, and it's like a gay art museum. Oh, I love it. He lived here for like um, a good chunk of the end of his life. And his the house that he lived in is now like is now a queer museum. And they have like people come and live and be docents there. It's it's so dope. Uh, hi, I'm Hoots. <laughs> I'm Kellen. <laughs> Mandy. Uh, Mandy, do you know this bitch? No, I do not recognize the name at all, but I'm excited. You will know the art. You will know the art. You will recognize the art. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. When you see it, you'll know the art. Okay. So I'm about to send, I don't know if we'll be able to put these on um, <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> I, I don't know. It depends on which ones you post, like if they have actual nudity in them or not. Yeah. I didn't include any actual nudity in these. So they'll um, probably be fine. Okay. So there's one. I sent one to the, the group chat. Oh, yes. okay. I am familiar yeah. with this art. <laughs> yes. You know this bitch. You know him. <laughs> you know her. As soon as I saw that dick outline, I thought to myself, yeah. that looks familiar. <laughs> that is that is a classic, <laughs> iconic dick print. Yep. Uh-huh. And those Leather butts. daddies. Look at that butt. Yeah. That is a butt. Leather daddies were a specialty of his. So Tom was... Uh, not named Tom, but I'm going to be calling him Tom because that's what he was referred to for like the majority of his life. That's his stage mm-hmm. name. That's his like Lana Del Rey, his Ethel Kane. Mm-hmm. Just like we don't go around calling Lana Lizzie Grant. I'm going to call him Tom of Finland. And as you may have guessed, he is from Finland. Based. What or where that is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's where my ancestors are from, Kaylin's. You know we're based. It's me and Tom. Oh, oh my God. What a cute little people. Yeah. <laughs> they have some things to answer for in the 1940s, I will say. <laughs> we don't talk about the 1940s. 
<laughs> we don't talk about the Second World War. <laughs> so, like, as a child, he was boring, so I'm not going to talk about that. Um, but when he was 19, he moved to Helsinki to study advertising. And when he wasn't working or schooling, he was drawing men. Big, beefy, veiny, bulging, dick and ass gay men, mm-hmm. all based on like the laborers he'd seen growing up. So that, you know, that little perv was looking out his window at like the construction workers across the street mm-hmm. and just panting, like fogging that window up. If they had windows in the 1900s, I don't know. In Finland, I think they did. Awesome. In their windmills? <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> gotcha. So he kept these images hidden because they were less like art to be displayed and more something that he used to like spill a couple loads mm-hmm. over. A little wank bang. Like, they were for him. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they were his porn and he made them, um, which is like based. I love like a DIY queen. Yeah. But he was conscripted into the Finnish army in 1940 and he had to destroy everything that he had before then. He served as an anti-aircraft officer holding the rank of second lieutenant. There was a little bit of him being kind of a Nazi. Not. Yeah. They were on the Axis powers. Not ideologically, but like in practice, (laughs) which I think is just as bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was basically all of Finland. All of Finland was like, "Mm, we don't love the Nazis, but we hate the Russians more. So and we don't really (laughs) care about the Holocaust. So Yeah, no, that was that was basically what I got from this. Um, I watched a documentary on him that came out um, like 2017 or something like that. Not a documentary, but like a, a biopic. And in like one of the opening scenes, they show him like murdering some person who was like there to fight nazis Mm. and like being like super chill with killing him and then like stroking his dead face like (laughs) oh he's so beautiful (laughs) what what an interesting way way to portray someone who's going to be the protagonist of your film (laughs) what an interesting introduction to this character (laughs) and you're telling me this isn't a movie about jeffrey (laughs) Dahmer or some other serial killer (laughs) gays are so weird about murdering people i swear (laughs) so he later attributed his fetishistic interest in uniformed men which was like most of his work Mm. to encounters with men in army uniform especially the nazis that were serving in finland at the time those hugo boss suits were really cute yeah that was what he said later in life when people were like, mm-hmm. bro, what's with all the drawings of like sexy Nazis with huge, like swanging dicks? <laughs> he was like, this is an exact quote. In my drawings, I have no political statements to make, no ideology. I am thinking only about the picture itself. The whole Nazi philosophy, the racism and all that <laughs> is hateful to me. But of course I drew them anyway. They have the sexiest uniforms. Okay, so he deserves to be on this fucking podcast. Yes, he does. Jesus. Yeah, he's like the white gays on Twitter who will like see like IDF soldiers like doing like TikTok dances and be like, okay, but hear me out. (laughs) Can I say something and you guys not get mad at me? (laughs) No. I know that they're doing a bit of a genocide, but look at that footwork. Like, (laughs) so... Buddy was only in the army for five years, after which he returned to school and he was like 
he wasn't like a military person, right? He was like a gay little artist, but you, if you are like conscripted, you show up mostly. Um, so during that period, his art was like less um, like vulgar. He gave it like a, a more like romantic, softer side and less of the uniforms. So I think he had like had enough for a little bit. Maybe like <laughs> that period was a little traumatizing as I'm sure war would yeah. be. Mm, I don't think he was actually like stroking the faces of like <laughs> people that he murdered. No, that feels like a little bit uh, sensationalized, <laughs> right? Like, Yeah. Um, and I'm going to send an image <laughs> of that time. This one probably can't go on Instagram. But see, they're not wearing uniforms. They are engaging in oh. sex, mm -hmm. but... Okay, group sex. And, okay, yeah. so uh, whether or not we post this on Instagram, it is a picture of a a man who is, who is shaped like the typical Tom of Finland man. Like, he's very muscular and yeah. large. Tiny little waist, huge shoulders. Tiny little waist, yeah. Um <laughs> They're all shaped like Superman. Um, yeah. He's surrounded by a group of other men who are kind of like holding him still while one of them like goes down on him. And like it is um, a scene that is both erotic and also like um, is a, a little bit rapey, like in a in a like a rape fantasy kind of way. And that is a theme through a lot of his work. A lot of it is like men holding other men down or tying other men down. And it's like a very like romanticized version of like sexual assault. And and that is like what makes his work one of the things that makes his work like so intriguing is that like it's this like very weirdly romanticized version of sexual violence. Well, especially um there's a lot of like themes of like authority and power yes. and getting raped by cops or raping cops. Yeah. There's two ways to look at it. One is which mm -hmm. this is like the defense that I hear of it, which is that he's taking these traditionally uh, authoritarian, masculine, violent men and making them gay. Mm -hmm. And that is supposed to be like a subversion of the trope. Hmm. but like taking a prison guard fucking a prisoner which in all circumstances is rape yeah mm -hmm. because of the extreme power imbalance yep that's not turning authority and power on its head for the sake of art yeah and he even says that he's like this isn't like art it's porn this is fun yeah. this is sex this is porn this is sexuality and this is what turned him on i will say what makes that like this image that you've just sent us like what makes this a scene even though like it is it it, it kind of like takes the shape of a gangbang um the image of the guy who is like having the things done to him at the center of the image he's blushing yeah and that's what like takes it from something that is assault to something that is like romanticized. Like he's blushing, like he's enjoying it. Like this is what I think makes his art really interesting. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, and and subversive in like a way that is like not just like a drawing of a rape. It's uh, it's very complicated, and I think it's something that can only come from like a queer person. Directly after being in the army, his work was less intense there was less like power play because he was traumatized yeah less like uniform fetishization but they were still like his main the main people he 
drew were sailors bikers were a huge thing like the leather community Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. leather daddies lumberjacks construction workers all of the ymca yeah (laughs) (laughs) well a lot of that is like a lot of the tropes that we have um can be attributed to him Mm. and his art including the like the gay beefcake Mm -hmm. like before that gay men were portrayed as like effeminate right effect like skinny skinny little boys wispy little murderers (laughs) 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 with pencil thin mustaches little norman bateses (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he wanted to turn that on its head but he did it Mm. in a way where he was like we're not all faggots like them (laughs) (laughs) So it's like a Honestly, little iconic, <laughs> <laughs> horrible, <laughs> but also he's like a pick me, but like yeah. in like a way that would disgust any heterosexual person. Like yeah, the the thing that it was still based in a way. Yeah, it was not. It's not that it's not problematic. It was still subversive. Yeah, exactly. Like it was illegal. Yeah. Like what he was doing was illegal. Drawing gay sex was illegal, mm-hmm. um, which is why, like, when he submitted things, um, do you know Physique Pictorial? Mm-mm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, it's one of the first like gay porn magazines that was portrayed as um, like, pick this up for like, uh, tips on becoming a bodybuilder and then it would just be like mostly naked right. like shredded dudes um, <laughs> because it was illegal to right. to sell gay porn yeah but it was like these dicks are out for um th- for fitness enthusiasts yes they, they need to see what their muscles look like in comparison to their dicks look how shredded this dick is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so <laughs> You too can do these exercises to get this shredded and have your ab muscles look this big next to your dick muscle. Yeah. And the first one he sent in, he submitted them in 1956, but in 1957, the spring issue, he went under the pseudonym Tom. And in the winter issue later that year, Bob Miser coined the term Tom of Finland. Hmm. So that's that's his like origin story and i am going to send you there is the spring 1957 physique pictorial of two men they're loggers I, like surfing on logs they're loggers is that a real yes. thing that happened that is actually a thing um <laughs> that's how they like got the logs down the downstream down the river and oh my in god the, that's so smart in the main actually that's Big part of logging um, history is like the Kennebec River. They would like stand on certain parts on these like little islands um, to push the the logs down. But then you could also like walk on the logs if you were careful. I mean, it was very dangerous. You could die. But like, yeah. Look at the guy in the back's thighs versus his knees. They're huge. <laughs> like the proportions of all of these men are like wrong in Impossible. so many ways. They look like, like Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like a 
is a thing. I think he's wearing those pants that like old timey directors would wear, like oh. that are like a little bit poofy. Jockeys. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, he looks like a centaur. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think some of that is his pants, but then yeah. all of them have impossible proportions. Yeah. Yeah. Like the shoulder to hip ratio is like insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a 10 inch waist. It's a little bit like looking at an AI image of a person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like looking at a male version of Barbie. Like Ken yeah. is not a male version of Barbie. No, Tom no. Finland characters are a male version yes. of Barbie. Like yes. literally a 10 inch waist and like a 40 inch shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The post World War II era saw the rise of biker culture as rejecting the reorganization and normalization of life after the war. That's dope. With its conformist settled lifestyle. That's yeah. based as fuck. And that's what he... Yeah, that's what he was into. Like the it was supposed to be like both marginal and oppositional and it gave like post-war gay men like a sort of stylized masculinity that mm. was still like rebellious and dangerous as and right. gave them like a sense of power. Because like a biker versus like a theater kid, like one of these people is going to get messed with for being gay. And one of them is like mm -hmm. very less often going to be. Yeah. I'm not going to say not, but right. you're not going to walk up to a bunch of bikers and be like, hey, faggot. Yeah. <laughs> like... You're not going to try to hate crime like a bike gang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like following them drunk at night be like, are you fucking faggots? As like all like 30 of them turn around. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get your brains yeah. kicked out of your ears. <laughs> yeah. So this is like obviously in contrast to the stereotypes uh, that were like prevailing then of gay men as like effeminate sissies as seen in like vaudeville and like films going back to like the first years of the industry. And Tom was influenced by images of bikers as well as artwork um, from other artists that he cited as his precursors disseminated to gay readership through like other like homoerotic magazines. Um, and I'm going to send you two things that were done by his like the people he was standing, his inspirations, uh, and you can see the like through line between them. Like they're very muscular, they're very erotic, mm -hmm. um, and they're taking, um, like the first one is a man holding a bow and then a bunch of arrows. The arrows are covering his dick. The second one is a cowboy who's like fucking shredded and wearing like skinny little jeans. Yeah, like they're all. Um, Tom definitely always took it farther. <laughs> <laughs> like his <laughs> these guys don't have dick imprints in their like, yeah. jeans <laughs> which is like disappointing yeah i will say <laughs> but these are like very homoerotic like but also yeah. like very as is the case with tom's like stuff like very like beautiful pieces of art like you can see yeah. all of the like sinews and like veins in there. like these are just like sketches right yeah you can see all the sinews and veins you can see like mm. like the way that the the denim is like laying on the cowman's yeah jeans is like very natural like it they they are like beautiful pieces of art 
in addition to being like horny and homoerotic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the um the one with the bow and arrows, it's very um pinup style, but with a guy yeah. is is kind of yeah. fun. Like if you've ever looked at like old pinup uh posters it has like almost playful like oh i'm just happening to cover my genitals with these bows like yeah and like it's fun if this had been a tom of finland like drawing he would have been having to hold a whole lot more arrows yeah yeah oh there would he would have been holding a quiver (laughs) (laughs) so like the the drawings of like bikers and leathermen like capitalized on the leather slash like denim culture because that's was supposed to be at the time counterculture that suggested they were like untamed self-empowered very like in touch with their bodies right which like in contrast with the mainstream repressed sad like making themselves smaller Mm -hmm. so there there are a lot of gay men uh i think queer men who have said that seeing these when they were younger let them know that they were pigeonholed that they mm-hmm. didn't that there was more that they could be than what society told them they could but at the same time it's like finding out that like you can be a muscly white man in america is like only empowering to like a very small amount yeah. of of the queer community. It's Even empowering just like queer in the men. way that like, Wonder Woman is empowering to women. Yeah. In the way that Barbie is empowering to women. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, it, it's 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 a narrow kind of empowerment. I can definitely see how you got there, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's a very narrow view of empowerment. Like you too can be sexy and (laughs) enormous, and (laughs) and have this swinging of a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His style and content in the late 1950s and early 1960s was partly influenced by the U.S. censorship codes uh, that restricted depiction of overt homosexual acts. Um, but his work published in the beefcake genre that became in the 1930s, he mostly did people doing like exercises to to get away from it <laughs> for the magazine specifically. And obviously the primary market was gay men, but because yeah. of the conservative and homophobic social culture of the era, they were like, okay, but it's like, it's an exercise magazine for people who love, yeah. you know. <laughs> physiques in the way these like made for tv ads would sell you back massagers yeah they just happen yep. to be shaped like vibrators <laughs> i'm sure the way poppers are like oh, wait poppers are advertised as what like a uh, contact lens cleaner or something don't stick that on anything that's going to your eyes uh they originally it was like v- vcr head cleaner <laughs> so at the time his more like explicit work was all in private commissions um right so he was getting to do the stuff he wanted to do but it wasn't being published Mm -hmm. and aside from working at his ad agency he operated a small mail order business sending out reproductions of his work but uh, it wasn't very profitable mostly because I don't think most people could afford to be like spending a lot of money on this. We're too scared to spend any money on this. Of course. I must say, cause I was pretty illegal back then. Right. Like, um, and it's not like he could really advertise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't using like 
stamps.com or whatever. Like he had to go down to the post office with this shit. <laughs> right. The 1962 case of Manual Enterprises versus the United States Supreme Court ruled that nude male imagery was not inherently obscene. So softcore gay porn magazines and films started featuring fully nude models, some of them hard AF, um, and they quickly appeared and all pretense about exercise and fitness was dropped. They were like, phew, we can <laughs> we can stop pretend that we need to have like like 10 ways to get killer abs and just have like like hard, veiny dicks like <laughs> swanging on every page. And that's progress, baby. Yes. Gay rights. Gay rights. But by the end of the 1960s, the market for them pretty much collapsed because people were able to find porn much more easily. So individual magazines were not going to do as well, whereas before they were the only ones willing to risk being in publication. So they got all the business. But then the market was saturated because lots of horny gays. Mm -hmm. And this is when he started publishing more explicit drawings and stylized his figures, fantastical aspects, like like really exaggerating Fantastic things like aspects <laughs> like they weren't as beefy before but i'm gonna send you they get like, ridiculous what, really fast like, yeah like look at this shit this escalates very quickly <laughs> like look at that nipple wow yeah that is a big old nipple yeah like this man this this man's name is cake his peck is the same size as his head yeah I think it's bigger. <laughs> I think his bulge is the same size as his head, too. Yeah. And he's so shiny and plastic. Yeah. And you know what? We love that. He's very shiny. Yeah. But he's a filthy cop at the same time. Yeah. We should point yeah. out. Uh, is that a cop? What's on his hat? It looks like... Oh, actually, is that a Nazi? Oh, it might be a Nazi. That might be a Nazi. Because it looks like the little um, bird That looks thing. like that little eagle. Yeah, the eagle. Um Maybe it's a little a little mix of the two. A little cop, a little Nazi. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fascists kind of all look the same. Anyway. So by uh, 1973, he's publishing erotic comic books and making inroads to the mainstream art world with exhibitions. So he's quitting his job. He's living on his uh, drawings. He said, since I've quit, I lived in jeans and on my drawings, which I'm like... That's so based, becoming a full-time mm -hmm. content creator who, like, doesn't mm -hmm. have to wear a suit to work anymore. What a cute way of saying it, too. Right? right. Lived in, in jeans and, and on, lived my, on drawings. my drawings. I'm going <laughs> like, to say in PJs and on my videos. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I do love that for him. Braless and thriving. <laughs> and by the 1970s, his work started to become more photorealistic, uh, in part because many of his drawings are based on photographs that he directed so like he would have all the muscle guys come to his place mm -hmm. take the photo and then he would go in and uh like redraw it sketch it but like making everything bigger like the muscles the asses the dicks like basically face tuning but for your swanger <laughs> yeah dick tuning oh i was gonna say face dicking but i think that's something else <laughs> <laughs> i think that's just a blowjob that's yeah that's what they do <laughs> in the images were they just doing the the pictures and the drawings or was there also like other things happening like was was he fucking the models too or? i assume they oh, well maybe not him but maybe the models fucked each other he was like okay. he was okay looking i 
think there was, I think one of his muses he did have an affair with. I'm sending you a photo of him and his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on the right and his, his little blonde boyfriend's on the left. And they were together until he died. So for like 20 something years. I think there was one of his muses that he did like, that claimed he had sex with him a couple of times. But, you know, it was the 70s and they were gay. They probably had sex with everybody they knew. Yeah, as they should. As they should. Like, as is their <laughs> fucking right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that that question did not come with any judgment. <laughs> Fuck whoever you want. But, but he did have some muses that he, like, based yeah. some of his drawings on. Yeah. So in 1980, with businessman and friend Dirk Daner, uh, he co-founded the Tom of Finland company to preserve the copyright on his art, which is was being like widely pirated and used on like by whoever wanted to. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because originally, because you're making illegal art, you can't copyright legally it. copyright it. <laughs> uh, you would be like, can I copyright this? And they're like, can you go to jail forever? <laughs> and by 1984, the Tom of Finland Foundation was established to collect, preserve, and exhibit homoerotic art, which I love. Mm-hmm. Setting up just a foundation to be like, look at all this fucking sick gay shit. <laughs> and that is what like the Tom House is about. Like if you go to the Tom House, it's like the base the base of the Tom of Finland Foundation. Mm-hmm. And they have just like binders upon binders of work that they're like slowly digitizing and they're cata- like cataloging. Like it's it's amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna send some pictures from the group chat from the Tom House and like almost none of it is his art. It's like other queer people's art. Oh, so dope. Yeah, there's like a Himalayan salt torso with a penis. Uh, actually, the like little comic is uh, of like the animals is like him when he was a little kid. That's so and then funny. They'll have like artists in residence who will come and like stay there for a while. And like that's what all the like paintings on the walls and on the ceilings are. Like the artists in resident will just like doodle on the walls and they'll let them. Damn, those are some like photorealistic dicks. I know. They're dope. I want them in my own house. If there's one thing gay men can draw. (laughs) It's photorealistic dicks. Yeah. (laughs) They're beautiful, though. Like, I would have those. I would have a pattern. Oh, some of them are uncircumcised. Yeah. I would have a pattern of that as, like, wallpaper, you know? Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. Yes. A little dick room. I love that they never forget the veins, either. Oh no, these are They never forget decks. the veins. They yeah. are very, very veiny. Also, I love in the um the salt statue picture, you can see there's like another statue, like on a thing behind <laughs> that's like just balls, <laughs> just big <laughs> balls. There are like, dicks and balls everywhere in this house that you go. <laughs> I want to go to this museum so bad. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's amazing. It's based. Like I hundred percent like donate money to the Tom of Finland Foundation because their entire like um message is just about like preserving and cataloging queer art of all kinds. And I believe it was it was technically free. They just wanted like a a, a suggested donation. Yeah. Ugh. Um so I think we gave them like a hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. Like so where they and we got like a private tour of the entire place. It was amazing. Oh damn, yes. okay. Yeah. So, like, at the time this was launched in 84, he was already, like, successful. Like, a lot of artists aren't successful in their lifetime. 
He was famous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he was. His biography was on the bestseller list. And the world's largest art book publisher was reprinting and expanding a monograph of his works. But despite all that, he always said he was most proud of the foundation. And obviously, like as Hoots was just saying, the scope of the organization expanded to erotic works of all types, Mm -hmm. sponsored contests, exhibits, and started the groundwork for a museum of erotic art. He died from emphysema in 1991. He was diagnosed in 1988. And the disease made it very difficult for him to draw. Uh, So he had to switch from pencil to pastel. Mm. And the emphysema caused a stroke, which is how he passed. So How old was he? He was 71. Okay. So like uh, a little younger than he probably should have died, but like still lived a nice long life. Yeah. With his partner with his foundation for for a gay man in like the early 90s like yeah i was yeah. just thinking like i was kind of worried we we're gonna get to the 80s and things were about to take a very like a way worse tragic uh twist honestly right so he's dead uh but i wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the like some of the reception to his work and the controversy behind his work and the way that it's like looked at now okay we talked on uh, about the nazi uniforms a bit which he omitted from like all of his recent anthologies whenever he had something published. Mm. He wasn't proud of it. He didn't like displaying that work. He thought it like took away from the message. That's good at least. Yeah. A a lot of people inferred like some sort of like sympathy or affinity for Nazis or Nazism, um, which is fair. Like he disavowed it. He called them fascists and racists. But he was just horny. But at the same time, yeah. And that was what was around. Yeah. But like, <laughs> that's like still problematic. Of course. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, it's okay to be a horny little homo. But like the fact that he served alongside them, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like that that in itself, having witnessed firsthand the atrocities they committed and still being able to fetishize them left a lot of people yeah sort of thinking like you may not be a nazi and you may not be a nazi sympathizer but you're definitely a terrible person (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is like a very fair opinion (laughs) totally fair totally fair there's so many other people out there so many other men out there that you can find hot you do you really need to find nazis hot come on you you are literally in finland like you're surrounded (laughs) by scandinavians look around (laughs) well this is the thing this is the descendants of vikings are fucking everywhere come on (laughs) this is another criticism is that almost all of the men are white Mm mm-hmm um, yep. All of them are masculine. There are Nordic. occasionally some black men, mm-hmm. but the hyper masculine, hyper sexualized black man is also uh, a racist stereotype. Yeah, I was just mm-hmm. thinking that. And so there's been a lot of conversations about this um, where one side will say, but he fetishized literally everyone the same way there is no difference between the way he drew white men and the way he drew black men but the intent and how it's perceived and whether or not that plays into racial stereotypes um is not not the same thing yeah and you can look at a photo like as we know from like 
current life, you can uh, a lot of people can look at a photo of a white person and a black person in the exact same situation doing the exact same thing and only take something away from the photo with a black person that they now attribute to all black people that they wouldn't attribute to all white people. Mm -hmm. So it to say like, oh, well, he he made them all look the same. It doesn't really address the fact that they weren't treated the same and aren't treated the same. Yeah. And it isn't a like racialized caricature of white people that doesn't exist. That's not like yeah. whether or not he intended it, whether or not he even knew it existed. Um, he definitely played into it. And I mm -hmm. think mm -hmm. the criticisms of that are completely valid, especially alongside 100%. the like the Superman thing. Yeah. Which is a fascist archetype it's the idealized version of like the yeah. the aryan it's like right. a yes. blonde superman and i know that like even outside of that like the typical tom of finland adonis has been the subject of a lot of criticism because he is like this impossible ideal yeah and i guess in the context of like the early 1950s like maybe that was a subversive ideal but as we get into the 60s yeah. and the 70s and the 80s it then just becomes like a very uh, i don't know like a, a, a kind of like toxic representation of like yeah what a man should look like in the same way that like barbie was for us like yeah i think there's a lot of comparisons to be made between the tom of finland adonis and barbie mm -hmm. yeah and the men in his depictions have become and not through like only his influence but have become the most desired and acceptable way to be a gay man today mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so looking back at it now it isn't subversive at all right now, with hindsight not subversive plays into every harmful trope <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> about gay men that comes from within the community right and the it's something that people of color like effeminate queer men talk about a lot is being ostracized and looked down upon mm -hmm. for not looking like a tom of finland portrait one of my friends who came with me to the museum is like a bigger queer guy and like um docent was like asking us like what like one of the things we notice about the uh the art was and the first thing he said is like everybody's making me feel really self-conscious yeah mm -hmm. um and that was not what the docent was like asking us to notice no <laughs> <laughs> the docent was like uh uh actually i want you to notice that like ev all the scenes are outside <laughs> because he's finished <laughs> and because there's this like yeah you know um glorification of nature and the outdoors yeah but but yeah, like that is the first thing that like a queer man notices. He was like, now yeah. I'm suddenly feeling like kind of kind of weird about my own body. Yeah. When I look at it, I'm like, this is what uh, so many people have in my life expected me to want to look like. Right. Um, whether or not they ex they didn't expect me to uh, being like especially faggy. Um, but. I'm supposed to desire that and I'm mm -hmm. supposed to desire that I be that. Mm -hmm. And when I don't, that's either because of a failure or because of um, jealousy. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a lot there, especially when it comes to people with like air quote, like same sex attraction. There's this 
mix of like envy and desire Mm-hmm. that gets really conflated and mixed up right and when you do i want to be him or do i want to be with him yeah or both <laughs> yep, yep. and if you don't if you don't play into that if you don't because like i look at that and i'm like these are not necessarily the kind of men that i would find personally attractive mm-hmm. like i would never swipe right on someone that looked like a Tom of Finland model. Like that's not the kind of like I am I am into all sorts of different people. I don't have like a type when it comes to men really. Um but the, I I have non-types <laughs> and that's <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Um and it's because of I there's so much attached to it that maybe they don't have anything to actually mm, do with. There's baggage. But like I I have baggage surrounding it and there's a certain amount of work you have to put in to look like this a lot of work that uh, (laughs) comes with pride it's takes over your entire life Mm -hmm. um and that's just not my vibe if that's what people want to do if that's like what brings them like joy and gets their like juicy delicious brain chemicals going they should do that Mm -hmm. but if you say that's not for me the response is always negative you're either lying or Mm -hmm. you're jealous or yeah you're either lying to everyone else or you're lying to yourself or it's like right. well that's okay they wouldn't want you anyway <laughs> right so there's like there's a lot associated with Tama finland's work right. when you talk to queer men um but almost everyone will say like they are they're like that's hot but like it makes me feel bad yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a very interesting juxtaposition well um hoots you made the comparison that these drawings are kind of like the quote unquote empowered version of a of a guy in the same way that Barbie is an empowered version quote unquote of a woman. And my first thought when you said that is like I have never seen myself in Barbie because I'm mm-hmm. a fat woman. I I've never looked at Barbie and been like, yeah, that's like for me. Um, mm-hmm. So like when I think about the sort of like fat phobia that is in queer culture, unfortunately. And Mm -hmm. it's a little different for me because like I think with women, it's a little bit different in terms of some of the – within different tropes uh, different strokes you know so yeah. i don't want to say it's like exactly the same but like there is there can be that weird thing of being attracted to a woman being like oh i'm bigger than her is that gonna matter to her mm-hmm. or just like i don't know th- those kind of thoughts that you have being attracted to a woman who is like more conventionally um sized or something like that so like i think there's this very interesting conversation here about what that what that looks like in terms of like representation and the pressures that we have now especially how like i don't know there's like some progress we could say has happened in terms of like fact activism and shit like that but like there's still a lot of fat phobia i mean jesus christ you put a slightly plus plus sized model on the cover of a magazine and jordan peterson loses his goddamn mind in twitter (laughs) right like it's like there's still so much of that and i know Mm -hmm. from hearing from like queer men that no fats, no femmes is like such a common thing to see on like dating apps and stuff like that. No fats, no femmes, no, no Asians. Asians. Yep. Whereas for a lot of women, the um the the replacement might be looking for someone who is healthy or somebody who is um mm-hmm. what's the other one? A uh, height with proportional. That's one of my favorites. It's oh, like fuck off. Like <laughs> I hate that one. What the fuck? I have not heard that. Height with oh yeah height 
with proportional. So if I'm 10 I mean, feet tall, what can my weight be, babe? Right. <laughs> like, I, I was going to say, like, how are, like, the vast majority of fat people not still height width proportional? <laughs> like, they're not falling <laughs> Who's over. Proportion? They, they mean BMI. They mean they want you to have an appropriate BMI, even though BMI is, like, completely debunked. I know what they mean, but that's a stupid euphemism. It's that shit. Yeah. Just, just say you're fat phobic. Like I'm just fucking tired phobic. of these. I'm tired of these fucking euphemisms. Like, I, I, and this shit is everywhere. Like there were polyamorous because it's groups. The last social minority that is still socially acceptable to be hateful towards is fat people. Eh. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like, um, there were polyamorous fucking groups I was in where people would post shit like that, where they would post like, oh yeah, this is my husband and we're da, 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 da. also we're looking for our unicorn, which in its own fucking way is fucked up. But then it's like, and we're looking for someone who is like a healthy mindset and height with proportional. And like, if someone like me commented like, hey, so like this sounds kind of fat phobic, they'd be like, um, you get people either the, the people themselves that post this shit or people who defend it who come in to be like, well, that's just their lifestyle. That's just their preference. That's just what they're looking for. Yeah. It's like, honey, those preferences did not come out of nowhere. You weren't born mm -hmm. into the void with these ideas. Like, Well, they're also not – that's not a preference either. No. A preference is like, I, I prefer chocolate, but I'll have vanilla. Right. Yeah. Like a, a hard rule is not a preference. Like <laughs> I don't prefer men. Right. Like I would prefer to date Charlize Theron, but I'll <laughs> handle somebody else, I guess. Like, come on. <laughs> well, the, the, it's a preference thing always pissed me off because you hear it a lot from gays um, about yeah. the no fats, no femmes, no Asian oh, thing. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's, that's not a preference because that would be like saying like, oh, you prefer men. It's like, no, that is men are the only people they are attracted to. They will not have sex with anyone else. They will not even look at somebody else. So like a preference is, mm -hmm. is like, I prefer guys who look like slimy podcasters. Yeah. But like, that's not yeah. the only people that I'm attracted to. <laughs> you wouldn't put it in your dating profile if it was a preference. You just swipe exactly. You exactly. swipe left on most of the fats, femmes, and Asians, and then occasionally yeah, exactly. you swipe right on one. But like, if you put it in there as like a hard line, then no, it's right. Yeah. That's not a preference. That's not what that word yeah. means. Right. And like, exactly. Nobody is nobody is saying that you need to be attracted to any specific kind of person or you need to date them or you need to fuck them but like at least be honest mm -hmm. about right. about like how you feel and then at least like with anything i think if you find yourself very strongly feeling a certain way about people that goes perfectly along with what society says at some point i think it's good to just look at it to just interrogate it yeah. just look at it that's all you gotta do think about that yeah. Just, just take a peek. <laughs> Think on just it. Just peel back the curtain a little bit. Yeah. If you don't want to, like, face your own desires and feelings and biases, like, I think that says something about whether or not you know that it's fucked up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I don't really have a problem, like, sitting down and thinking about, like, things that I think I did that were, like, great and noble. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. like, I mean, Jesus, now people like to use the word boundaries for it because they know that that's like considered <laughs> no, like we've learned therapy speak. Yeah, we've, you know, my boundary is I don't like to be talked to by fat people. And if you like, push back, they're like, you're gaslighting me. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> you don't even know what that word means. Um, but yeah, so that no, it's an interesting conversation.
we all need to be a little bit more cogent of the fact that like none of us grew up in a vacuum. Actually, my family lived in a vacuum. Thank you very much, you porphobic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> my father, Jay Edgar Hoover. <laughs> And my mother, J. Edgar Dyson. (laughs) (laughs) And my brother, Roomba. (laughs) (laughs) Who died in childbirth. Thank you very much. (laughs) Chickenpox was killer back then. (laughs) Sorry, yeah. Not a vacuum. I think it's I think it's okay to admit that like we've grown up with these biases because we're we're like none of us is immune to propaganda and none of us is immune to the morales of the societies that we grow up in Mm -hmm. but like because of that like maybe interrogate the way you feel about things and like you're not going to change your feelings about things overnight but maybe just be open yeah to some fem some asians (laughs) (laughs) maybe just like consider it maybe just no fats fems or asians want you either after there's that seeing that (laughs) having said all of this uh again the tom finland foundation is not only based for like uh cataloging erotic art and like specifically queer erotic art but like also has like recognized some of the shortcomings in like tom's art and has like um raised up like the art of people who draw like bears and things and will like show them when you Yeah, yeah um the organization has no flaws i love them they're great yeah and like (laughs) bears are fucking sexy i know it's ridiculous i like a thicker man (laughs) so art critics have mixed views about his work as not politically just like the work itself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. his detailed drawing technique has led to him being described as a master with a pencil but also his work is described as illustrative but without expressivity like it is okay. Technically, yeah, I can see that. Technically beautiful, but it doesn't say anything. It is yeah. Um, there's not like a lot of movement. It's less art, which is what he said. Like he's like he's not. I'm not trying to make it's porn. profound art. I'm trying to make something sexy. Like yeah, <laughs> it's porn. What it, the art is saying is it's hot. Look at look at the hot guy. Look yeah. look yeah. Like hot. Like don't you want to come to this? And the answer is yes. <laughs> so there's considerable argument over whether his de- depiction of supermen um is facile and distasteful or whether there's a deeper complexity in the work which plays with and subverts those stereotypes uh we talked about it earlier and i think that like it depends when you're looking at it um i think if you were looking at it when it was being made there was a lot being subverted Mm -hmm. and looking at it now um the complete opposite is happening especially in the like more sadomasochistic scenes where everybody has a big smile on their face and that's how you know nobody's being raped right like it's it's like look they're clearly enjoying it (laughs) it's (laughs) but if you were to give one of them a pained face it, it w- the entire dynamic of it would change. So it is very much bordering, mm, right. um, which is the case in a lot of porn, mm-hmm. uh, especially in a lot, maybe not especially, but in, I wouldn't, I would honestly don't know. I'm just going to speak about gay porn, <laughs> but um, there's a lot of uh, that sort of like 
fetishizing heterosexuality and taking that heterosexuality from a man um not making him gay but like convincing him to let you suck his dick or whatever (laughs) um that's like that's a big Mm -hmm. part of a lot of gay porn and a lot of um gay and queer men will overtly be like it's just hotter when a guy is straight like that's my fantasy a straight guy a guy who doesn't actually want me Mm but like is willing to let me do things to him and service him. There's like a power play there. Mm. Yeah. There's like a psychosexual thing going on there where like, I wish I could sleep with all the men who were yeah. cool to me in high school. Yeah. Which like, yeah, it's yeah. still hot. Is it fucked up? Yes. But so is being gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deviant sexuality. Uh, <laughs> and you know what i don't want to lose that i think that's beautiful keep the fucked up and gay (laughs) that's what the f in fag stands for (laughs) fucked up and gay gay. (laughs) uh his work has been described um as not conversation pieces but (laughs) masturbation pieces and look at all the conversation we've had about his work so I think they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So you're wrong. They're both. <laughs> they're both. <laughs> I want to talk about that day. You know, that man had never had anybody talk about one of his paintings. He's <laughs> just so mad. I know. Um, and he died mad. Even, yeah. Uh, the MoMA, even the Museum of Modern Art, um, in 2006, took in five of his drawings. Um, and they're part of, like, the permanent collection that's cool that's they're just always there which (laughs) i fucking love that rocks um yeah i'm gonna send you one of them yeah again it's another cop but it's also a very hot picture yeah of a naked man sitting in between a cop's legs holding onto his boot with his legs wrapped around one of his legs and the cop is smoking with his head back fully dressed with like rubber like rubber leather gloves big like knee-high boots Mm -hmm. like the the imagery is very um provocative and Mm -hmm. one of them is very masculine and dominant and one of them is very um and the masculine dominant one is the cop it's like yeah. it is so very like fascist esque. Yes, it is not subverting beca- the tropes. Yeah, but also because because it is like a queering of this like fascist yeah. imag- imagery, like no cop would be okay it, with this. And there yeah. is something that does feel subversive about it because of that. Yeah. Do I think it's like a good critique? No, <laughs> and I don't think it's meant to be a critique. I think it's just meant no. to be hot. Right. Um. The the problem is that there should be a critique. <laughs> yeah, there should be a critique. And I will say, yeah. like, looking at the detail in the drawing, like, clearly very talented. Like, when you look at, the, yeah. like, the lines of the fabric mm-hmm. and, like, the shading on the skin, like, in the muscles. I think this is um, why having a photograph really helps to capture, yeah. like, yeah. the folds in the clothes and... Yeah, the way like, the shirt is, the like, veins in the arms. to open at the buttons. Like, yeah, like, it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very detailed and it is hot, but like also, yeah, it's it's a cop. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. just took the hat off, yeah. I would be like so much right, more okay with that. Get rid of the hat. Okay rid of the hat. Get rid of the, 
little fascist imagery there. Yeah. But I, yeah, it, it is clear that he wasn't trying to say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just trying to. And I think that makes it like, like this would better. be sexy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not making political art. Yeah. The fact that it's not bad politics, it's no politics, makes yeah. it a like it's not like the Pepsi commercial with Kendall Jenner or whatever the <laughs> <No>. fuck. Like <laughs> people want to make it politics because he's gay. Yeah, well, that it, it it's politicized, people right? Exactly. Ascribe politics to yeah because he yeah. has a politicized sexuality <laughs> yeah. because he is like a minority. People are like, this has to have a message. Yeah, and he's like, I just think it would be cool if a guy wearing leather. Um, topped me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's my message. And That's we my, were both sexy. my political alignment is gaped. <laughs> gaped party twenty twenty four. That's the center of the political alignment chart. Is just like a gaping asshole, like, like goat in that like that like quadrant thing. Like, yeah. Right in the center. Yeah. Uh, So in September 2014, the Finnish Postal Service published a set of three first-class stamps featuring drawings (laughs) by him and in association with the stamps released, exhibited some of his correspondence at the Finnish Postal Museum. Two of the stamps include portions of an illustration of a nude man sitting between the legs of another man dressed as a police officer, um, which I just showed you. Mm -hmm. The other depicts a nude butt with a man's face included between the thighs. And Mm -hmm. I'm missing you that one now. So it was a stamp sheet. Yes. Do you know? So like more of the image is on the sheet and then you pull the stamps off and you get like smaller parts. Right. um, Because it's like a collector's item. Mm-hmm. So you can see like where the stamps <laughs> That's would be. quite a butt. <laughs> the yeah. way the face is coming between the <laughs> legs is like poking between the legs. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I see you did quite a butt. <laughs> There's a butt, damn. Uh the stamp set exceeded the expectations of the um postal service with pre-orders from 178 countries. Damn. Uh making it one of the best selling stamp sets in history. So I know these were for collectibles, but could you imagine getting a piece of mail with this little stamp on it? That would fucking rock. I can't imagine getting a piece of mail without it now. Right. Every time I get a little piece of like mail, I'm going to be like, look at this heterosexual homophobic piece of shit. <laughs> Not me writing to CMP like every time you send me a bill that doesn't include one of these stamps it's actually queer phobic <laughs> i feel like this is a hate crime to not have this there was also a finnish textiles company that released a series of like bed sheets with all of his characters on it what? and i want them so bad i want to sleep on oh some tom of finland boys so bad oh my god i need to look that they up. were like limited edition well i was researching this of buying like a book of his art or whatever but like <sighs> The like cop shit really doesn't sit well with me. Um, right. And I just don't want it. I would consider getting like one of maybe one of his like biker ones. Um, right. Tablecloths too. <laughs> Do you look Eating at that? off of the tablecloth is based. Oh my God. This is amazing. The company is called Finlayson. Um. <laughs> oh, they're bold to bold. That's sweet. I want them. I would like I've already got my dinosaur sheets. I need to have like a set of Tom of Finland sheets. You need you need grown up women sheets 
with yeah, gay Tom men fucking Finland. on them. <laughs> Can you imagine if I have sex with my boyfriend on those Tom of Finland jeans? <laughs> like, what a gay fucking power hoops. play. What a power play. <laughs> Inviting a straight man over and being like, get on this bed. The, the like, the uh, insecurity that will immediately follow of like, oh, yeah, this is who you're into. Yeah, when he sees the dick outline. <laughs> oh, there's a uh, just bag, like, too. That's nice. <laughs> just in closing. Um, Queer on the go. Sorry. I think for me, anything that upholds the like West, white Western muscled masculinity as the ideal, as like the like pinnacle of eroticism, mm-hmm. it's always fair to question the artist's ideals. Totally. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, it's just his preference, but <laughs> this is art. This is yeah. something you're putting out into the world. He understood there was an impact. Um, and I think he tried to correct a lot of that later on in his life, setting up the foundation um, and removing some of his more fucked up earlier drawings. Yeah. I think the best faith interpretation. And it resonated with people for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Like it meant a lot to a lot of people. Like, and that's worthy of criticism. Like the fact that that like ideal resonated with people is worthy of interrogation. And like, so people who say it's like just his preference, like are full of shit. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's no thoughts had empty. Like (laughs) that's what he liked. And it's like, never once did they ever go. But why? <laughs> he liked these right. perfect little Aryan supermen. Nothing to interrogate there. <laughs> and it resonated with the culture for some fucking reason. <laughs> I guess it's just a lot of people's preference. So yeah, I think the best faith interpretation, because uh, I've already said the worst one, um, is just that he found the uniforms hot, which is what he said. But given that he fought alongside the Nazis, uh, despite being conscripted, I think it's fair to question his motivations and his allegiances. And I don't think the people that do so should get this kind of backlash that they do. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think that most gay people or most gay men and queer men would not feel represented by his work, either physically Mm -hmm. or ideologically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that holding him up as like sort of like the pinnacle of gay art uh, does a disservice to all of the other <laughs> like gay artists. more yeah <laughs> and i <laughs> yeah. think that his foundation is trying to correct that by mm-hmm. um uplifting and promoting and uh working with those artists and i i just wanted to end it there that like yes there's a lot of stuff wrong with it but I think that your legacy can sort of change even post death because you set up, he set up the foundation. It's doing amazing things. And I think that just his legacy should also take that into consideration that Mm -hmm. the kind of art that for so long was illegal, was considered like depraved or disgusting is being um, that those artists today have an opportunity because of him and his work to do more um, progressive works, works that represent more of the community. And I think that's where I want to leave it. Yeah. Well said. You've been listening to Respect the Dead, the podcast where we don't. 
There are a couple ways to support us. Patreon supporters get bonuses like extended episodes with audio from the cutting room floor and adding cadavers to our suggestion cemetery. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and we might read it out on the show. Follow Respect the Dead on all platforms at underscore Respect the Dead. Thanks so much for listening. See you next Monday for another Worm Feast. I'm Kaylin Conrad. I'm Ailey Mandy. And I'm Hoots. Bye. Bye.